Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Joel Lebava with me. Joel is the franchise king. Joel is a franchise ownership advisor. He teaches people the best way to choose research and buy franchises. He is the author of Become a Franchise Owner. Welcome. Thank you so much, George, for having me. Thank you for being here, Joel. I very much uh, appreciate it. Um, you have an awesome title, The Franchise King. How did you become The Franchise King, and how did you come up with that name? Uh, well, I did not come up with the name myself, which is, uh, which is funny because when I'm quoted um, in, in the paper, in the, in the online paper or uh, in, in media, um, I, I'm often quoted as the self-proclaimed franchise king, but I'm I'm really not. Uh, I was uh, I attended a, an event, a big uh, business networking event here in the Cleveland, Ohio area, and uh, the uh, director of the largest uh, chamber of commerce in the state uh, saw me uh, from across the room and and yelled like really loud, "Hey, it's the franchise king!" And uh, I, I said to myself, huh, that's kind of a cool name. So uh, a friend of mine in Cleveland, Jim Kukrell, uh, who does a lot of online marketing and, and uh, book authoring kind of stuff, uh, told me that I needed to get an attorney and get the Franchise King trademarked ASAP. And I did. And it, uh, it caught on. Well, what year was that? Uh, that was uh, it's been trademarked for about five years now. Wow, now that was a great idea. I, I do think it's it's great branding. So it's it's awesome. So how did you get started with franchises? Have you owned franchises, or or what is what is the story there? Well, I, I have a, a background in uh, food and beverage. Uh, I was a, a maitre d in Las Vegas. I worked at some fancy restaurants there. I worked in food service from restaurants here in Cleveland, and. Uh, after that, I, I had a career in automobile franchising. Um, I was uh, in management. And then after I got fired, uh, they call it downsizing, of course, but I was fired. Uh, my, my late father, Jerry Lababa, asked me if I'd like to join his franchise consulting firm. And I pretty much said, no, I don't think so, because uh, I'd have to throw a little money in. And I just, I don't know, I never really saw myself as a, as a business owner, entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I kind of turned, I, I did turn them down. Uh, my wife was also not very enthused about the idea. She wanted me to get a, you know, good old fashioned job. But I have to tell you, when I was fired, I, I, I determined right then and there that I just, I just never wanted to feel that way again, that I just, I never wanted to experience that lack of powerlessness, that lack of power where, um, I, I, I didn't have control over my situation. So um, I, I did not know what I was going to do. But George, I knew what I did not want to do anymore. And that was uh, really work for a bunch of idiots. And, <laughs> and, true. I mean, really true. But I really didn't know what to do. And uh, after about uh, two months of my father uh, just kind of hammering on me uh, to join his firm, I uh, started investigating it more. And I found that uh, it would probably be a good fit for him because there's public speaking involved, uh, matchmaking. You know, he, he was a franchise broker. And uh, so that's what I ended up doing. I joined his firm and I joined a, uh, a franchise brokerage uh, company, which was really a franchise. So I've been a, 
a franchisee already. And I did that for about 10 years. I had a couple, you know, pretty good years. And uh, then I got burned out. And, and uh, there were some changes at, this, at the franchisor level. Um, there was a buyout. I didn't like the way it went down. Um, I found out quickly that I was a better marketer than, than this firm was. And I, I left. Uh, I became an, ind- an independent franchise broker where I was still getting paid large commissions uh, for being a matchmaker. And I just, I just didn't feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go, I wanted to go a different direction. And, and I was really getting sick of seeing people that I helped get in business uh, have to close their businesses. So I, I didn't feel like guilty, like it was my fault, but I still had some guilt. I just, I didn't like it. So I decided to uh, go in the direction of becoming more of an advocate for fran- for people that wanted to buy franchises and to become an advisor. And that's what I do today. So tell me, uh, you know, with all your experience with franchises, who is who's a better fit to be uh, a franchise owner, um, a, a seasoned entrepreneur or somebody that's brand new to entrepreneurship? Definitely someone that's brand new, nine times out of ten. Uh, and why is that? Well, a lot of people that, that become franchise owners um, came from corporate America. So they, they had some corporate experience, uh, and a lot of them uh, go to franchise because they like the idea of, of there being a system in place and marketing and, and, and all the good stuff you get with the franchise. So instead of reinventing the wheel, a lot of them choose franchising. People that generally are really, really good at following rules and understand the importance of a solid business system make really good franchisees in general. People that like to experiment a lot, make up their own rules, and are true entrepreneurs who are what I call the idea people um, are generally not very good franchisees because being a franchise owner is not really too entrepreneurial. The, the true entrepreneur, George, is the person that came up with the franchise concept and is, is, is the CEO of the franchise organization. Okay. So... What is a common misconception that people have about uh, buying a franchise that, that you encounter from helping people that want to buy a franchise? Um, that will be really easy. All they have to do is follow the system, open up the door in the morning, and they'll just be rocking and rolling. Okay. So starting with the uh, the, the end in mind, can you sell a franchise or your franchise to another entrepreneur, or do you have to sell it back to, to the franchise? Because a lot of people start a business with the idea that at some point they may be able to sell it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always really good to, uh, to have a, an exit strategy in mind. Um, John Warillo uh, is a friend of mine and an entrepreneur who wrote, who wrote a great book on, on kind of setting up your business to sell. And um, you really do have to have an exit strategy. When it comes to selling your franchise, let's say that it's your typical 10-year franchise contract agreement, and and that's about the average, 10 years. Let's say after eight years, you feel like you've you've made the money you want to make. And for whatever reason, you want to do something else or you want to retire, you are allowed to sell that franchise before the contract is up. And sometimes the franchisor will help you do that. 
sometimes you can use a local business broker. But as long as your contract says that you're allowed to sell it, um, as long as the franchisor approves who you're selling it to, you can do that. But your question was for you to sell to a, like a seasoned entrepreneur or not. Um, you sell it to someone that, that understands the franchise concept and that wants to get into a business that has a system in place. Um, in my own neighborhood, uh, I've seen several times a franchise pop up, and after a while, the place continues to operate, but without the franchise brand. Um, and I've seen, you know, like a massage place or a hamburger franchise, uh-huh. uh, and then, and then, you know, I go by the next time, and I see the sign is different, but it's pretty much the same business. Why do you think those kinds of things happen with franchise owners? Well, it sounds like you live in a weird neighborhood. No, I'm kidding. Because um, <coughs> it's, it's pretty uncommon. Um, unless the franchisor goes out of business, um, it would be rare to see a franchisee um, convert his or her store into a non-franchise selling the same stuff. I mean, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Very, very unusual. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I didn't actually go up and 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 talk to them, but I have I have noticed it a couple of times, and you know, I, I want I just wonder what happens. You know, I, I don't make any assumptions, but right. I'm like, you know, these guys sell basically the same stuff or very similar, and but the, a totally different name and logo and all that stuff. So I, I was just I was wondering how how that happens and how that can happen actually. Uh, that that is really unusual. Um, if, if you know if if you if you close your franchise down and then you become an independent owner selling the same thing, uh, the lawyers will, will, will be at your door within like a week. I mean, usually that's, that's how it happens because it's in your franchise agreement. You can't do that. So these must be very, very unusual situations. Maybe the franchisor went out of business. I don't know. That is a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. So how much cash does one need to have to buy or start a franchise? Well, it, it varies. Um, I like to talk to, to make it easy, uh, total upfront investment. And total upfront investment still averages around $150,000 to $200,000 for a franchise. Figure that you're going to need about a third of your own money. Uh, and, then, and then hopefully you'll be able to secure a small business loan for the rest. Um, the days of 10% down, um, uh, are, are gone unless you are an amazing low credit risk for the banks. Uh, when you buy a franchise, do you become more of an employee as opposed to an entrepreneur in your opinion? Well, no, not really. Um, you're really a small business owner. And, uh, you know, of course, it depends on your role. If you are buying a multi-unit food franchise, um, you are really – you know, at first you'll learn the insides, you know, the ins and outs of the business, and you'll be really involved in cooking and, and serving and stuff. But if you're a multi-unit owner, eventually um, your your role is going to be one of management and and securing, you know, new locations. Um, but you're not really going to be like the employee doing the stuff. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you can get into like a business coaching franchise where you have a home-based business and you're consulting with with fellow small business owners, maybe you're selling advertising, maybe you're selling some type of uh, products that that can save small business owners money, et cetera, then you are doing the work. Uh, So you're the owner and you're the employee. 
But of course, you do have the option in most cases to add other consultants or salespeople on, and that would allow you to eventually back off and have a sales team doing the stuff for you. So what should be your due diligence process prior to buying a franchise? Well, the first thing would be to uh, go online and, and put in the franchise name followed by the word scam, S-C-A-M. And just for, for the heck of it, see if anything pops up. Uh, you may find customer complaints, you know, people that buy the products and services. You may find um, complaints from ex-franchisees or current franchisees. Not always, but once in a while you can get lucky and you can, you can find some stuff. But in general, after doing kind of a quick look, uh, the answers are going to come from the people that already are invested in the business and, and are, are the real franchisees that are in business already. And the way to do it is, is to ask questions, ask great questions. I, I include those questions in my hardcover book, also in my ebooks, which you can find on my, my site, thefranchiseking.com. You have to have a, 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 an, an excellent list of, of great questions to ask, like, uh, you know, you might ask a franchisee, uh, why did you choose this franchise as opposed to maybe the other ones you were looking at? Um, that's a great way to get into the franchisee's head and figure out what he or she was thinking and what he or she was impressed with. Uh, questions like, uh, how long did it take you to break even um, are, are valuable. Uh, how good is the franchisor? You know, are they really good at selling franchises? But when it comes to support, when you need help, um, are, are kind of hard to reach. Those are some basic things you want to find out uh, from the franchisees. The, the franchise salesperson, the franchise development director, can only answer so much. You really have to find out what the people are doing that are, are living the business every day that invested the money. And also, I recommend making a visit or two, an in-person visit, if there's a franchise in your, in your local area, where you can spend a couple hours uh, with the franchisee and really get a feel of what your role would be as a franchise owner. When you buy a franchise, do franchisers offer information on what's the average lifetime of a franchisee, for example? Um, you know, in terms of staying in business, obviously, not how long somebody lives to right. buy a franchise. Uh, you know, franchisors may have that knowledge. I don't remember seeing any of that specifically. But it's a great question to ask the franchise director. You know, what's, what is the longevity? You know, people have 10-year contracts. Are they staying 10 years? Are they renewing their contracts? So great questions to ask. So what are some up-and-coming popular franchises that, that caught your eye, let's say, in the last uh, year? Uh, huh. You know, they're, the ones that are catching my eye, but I'm not sure about their success rates or anything are some of these franchises that are focusing on like um, controlling mosquitoes in their neighborhood. Um, there, there's a couple that have caught, caught my attention. As I said, I don't know exactly um, uh, what uh, it is they're exactly doing besides, you know, obviously killing mosquitoes. And if, and if it's a, if it's in the Northeast somewhere where it gets, you know, cold and the mosquitoes die out in the wintertime, if there's enough revenue, uh, you know, during the, the mosquito season to, you know, to make it, you know, worth it for a franchisee to be, to be in business. Um, so I don't know how good they are, but I know that they have been popping up. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of things, a lot of things um, related to pets 
Um, I'm always watching because the pet industry is just so massive and people spend so much money on their pets. Um, things that have to do with uh, children's uh, tutoring. Uh, you know, school is getting a lot harder and a lot of kids just can't keep up with the science and the math. Uh, so those are always uh, uh, popular. Uh, things like that. And then what some, about uh, elder care? Anything in the yeah. uh, elder care? Oh, of course, yeah. The, uh, the senior care uh, franchise market is, is quite busy, quite huge. There are over 40 different franchise concepts that cater to that. So it's a real busy space. And, uh, it, you know, it's going to consolidate eventually. But if you know how to sell and, and can approach uh, nursing homes and, and physicians and attorneys that deal with elder care and stuff like that and really network, uh, that's where your business is going to come from, then, you know, that may be a good business uh, uh, to look at. So where should one look for franchises to buy? Is it is it are there websites or is it just your own research on, on Google? Uh, what What is your recommendation? A combination. Sometimes you get a referral from someone that says, you know, I was out of town. You got to check out this franchise. Uh, you can go to my directory, which is uh, franchisebizdirectory.com. Uh, you can go to franchisedirect.com. Um, between the two of them, there are a lot of different opportunities to check out. You can do it by budget, um, uh, the types of franchises. So that's a good, a good start. Um, you know, if you put franchise opportunities in Google, uh, you may end up spending like three years <laughs> looking at all the results. So it's important to try to narrow things down, and you do that by figuring out some of the skills that you have that are really good and then finding opportunities that will allow you to use those skills. Um, that can shorten the process a little bit, but you have to start somewhere. And it used to be that we had to go to our public library and, and spend hours and hours and days on research. Now, you know, you sit in front of your computer screen, and uh, or your phone screen, and you can start at least doing some preliminary looking. Are there a lot of certifying bodies of franchisors that uh, that kind of look at franchising opportunities? Say, you know, yeah, this is a legit opportunity where people can go and and check these franchisors out. Well, there are some franchise review sites, mm -hmm. um, and and those can be pretty good. But remember, you know, the franchisors are paying to be on those sites. So it's not a 100% clean deal. Uh, however, you can find out a lot because, you know, the franchise review sites, they call franchisees that are in business already. And they find out, you know, if they like the franchisor and stuff like that. So it's another tool to have. Mm -hmm. But um, the best way really is to talk to franchisees yourself. That is okay. the best way. So how do you determine what is the right franchise for me? It's really, really getting to know yourself, deciding what you want your day to look like. You know, a lot of people want to get in food, but they don't realize that, you know, it's a 14-hour day usually. Um, you know, do you want to wear a suit and tie and be in a professional kind of franchise? Well, then you, you try to find something that's a fit for that. Uh, do you like sales? Are you good at sales? then don't look at a retail where you're standing behind the counter all the time. Uh, you'll be bored. So it's really finding the right fit has to do with what you bring to the table, what you like to do, and then matching those things to opportunities out there that will allow you to do that. What is uh, the biggest mistake that you see people make that, that buy a franchise or that have bought a franchise? Not doing enough research and not hiring a franchise attorney. That, that, 
for me, that question was easy because those are really the things that I see. I see people going to attorneys that have looked at franchise documents but don't really know them too well. Um, sometimes people go to their uncles and aunts who are attorneys, so it's free, um, but they aren't really getting into the meat of things. And, and doing the research, you would be surprised how many people buy franchises that never visit a franchise location and, and set aside some personal time to spend with the franchisee or who never call existing franchisees in the system. It's amazing to me. Wow. Uh, your articles can be found on uh, the Huffington Post, Small Business Trends, Open Forum by American Express, just to mention a few. How did you manage to get published on such uh, A-list sites? Um, you know, I the Franchise King blog, uh, as far as I can tell, and I've, I've been trying to research it for a long time, as far as I can tell, the Franchise King blog was the first ever blog written and focused totally on franchising, and I started that. Um, in 2006, 2007. So because of that, um, I've had a nice uh, jump on everyone else who started blogging and started doing stuff, uh, providing content. So um, I have the credibility already. And just the way that I, I guess I come across, uh, you know, I don't spin things. Um, uh, what it is is what it is. I share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think that reporters and, and, and other media types like that um, you know, I write for the Small Business Administration. Uh, I, I write a column every month for SBA.gov. Uh, you know, they did research on me. They vetted me. They trust what I do. Um, so, you know, credibility, you know, and I've been doing it for a long time. Plus, you know, almost two years ago, um, I had a hardcover book published. And, you know, Wiley Publishing came to me. So, um, you know, I have credibility. So can you share just one topic from your book, Become a Franchise Owner, with our audience? Sure. Um, let me see here. Let me, uh, I, will, I will grab the book, as a matter of fact. Um, I would say that it, it's really important to know um, uh, if you're a franchise material. And I have a whole chapter called Take the Franchise Quiz. Uh, I have a website, www.takethefranchisequiz.com, that I developed about six years ago. It's a free quiz. It takes five minutes or so, ten minutes to take. I score it individually, personally. Um, there's no software involved. Um, it's, it, I want people to make sure that they're right for franchising, that they are really going to be able to follow the rules that they have in the past, that they understand that they're going to have to pay the franchisor every month, um, they're going to have to pay, you know, a percentage of their sales, um, that they're comfortable with it, that they've talked to their spouse or partner uh, about this thing. Um, I really want people to be prepared uh, to become a franchise owner and not just become a franchise owner because they think it's going to be easy because there's a system in place already. They really have to be the right fit. So I would say to read the chapter on Take the Franchise Quiz, it not only talks about my quiz, but it talks about how I score it. Uh, Etc. I really like your approach because it's not about you got to own a franchise or buy a franchise. It's about is it right for you? Because I mean, ultimately, that's that's what you want. You want to make sure that the right person buys the franchise. Because if they're miserable, it's just not going to be a good fit for either sides, right? The franchisor or the franchisee. So I really appreciate that approach. Oh, thank you. And you know, for sure. Plus, 
Um, I try to talk to as many young franchisors as possible, and I try to really pound it into their head that they have to be really careful about who they award franchises to, who they sell franchises to, uh, especially the first franchises, because the first franchisees are going to make or break your system. So be really, really choosy. Well, uh, Joel, I really appreciate you coming on Success Harbor today to talk about franchising and 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 you know there's just so much uh, so much to consider. How can people find out more about franchising or connect with you or or the type of services that you provide? The best place is is my my hub for everything, and that is uh, thefranchiseking.com. There are over 1,500 articles that I've written, um, plus the links to other articles that I write um, all over the place. Uh, there's also um, a link to my services. I provide uh, one-hour consultations uh, with people. I don't sell franchises. It's strictly, uh, you know, I'm on their side. I'm just trying to make sure they're protecting themselves. My eBooks, my hardcover book, everything uh, is there. There are a lot of podcasts like this one that have been recorded. So if if someone wants to learn all they can about franchising, the information is there, and, and most of it's free. So everybody out there, go and check out thefranchiseking.com and say hi to Joel. And again, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks for having me, George. Thank you, and bye.